Welcome to another episode of Podcast 2, The Sequel. I'm your host, Sammy, and right here with me is your other host, Maxie. Max? Is that a question? That's me talking to you. How's it going, buddy? Sam said I'm not allowed to speak in this one until I'm asked a question. I guess that's a question. How's it going? Um, yeah, it was... It was Okay. How's it going? It's going good. Um, Great. Well, this is our uh, this is our podcast where we discuss sequels. So we write sequels to films that might not have a sequel that maybe they could use a little sequel treatment. So we write the pitches for the sequels and we pitch them at the end. And you're going to get to hear us go through the process. We're going to struggle. Sometimes we're good. Sometimes we're bad. But we always make a sequel. And that's what it's all about. Sometimes it's a sequel. Sometimes it's a forkel. Max, what do you have to say about that? Well, the the other thing is that um, it might surprise you, but um, we're actually the minds, Me? not you, the audience, obviously. Uh, um, we are uh-huh. called by the top producers, the top, the titans of industry in terms of film studios, TV studios, streaming studios to write the sequels to their biggest properties. It's a, it's a little known secret in the industry. The people you see with the writing credits on these projects, it's almost never them. It's almost always the podcast too. You know, we're kind of the uh, screenwriting equivalent of like a greasy spoon hole in the wall kind of deal where it's like everyone knows about, you know, there's Food Network videos about it. There's Bone Appetite articles about us, but we're so cheap. We're the Greasy Spoon Podcast too, and we're here to talk about the subject of today's episode, Skinnamarink. We got a call two. from this woman, Kristen Dolan. Kristen Dolan, know her well. She is in charge of TV networks like AMC, IFC, Sundance TV, um, and she's also in charge of a little streaming service called Shudder. Shudder. A lot of love for Shudder. Would love to be on Shudder one day. Well, we're going to be because uh, Kristen called us. and So true. She asked us. They had a big hit this year. The movie Skinamarink. Skinamarinky-dink. Directed by Kyle Edward Ball. It was K-E-B. made for 15, The Kebbers. It was made for $15,000. It had a... And every, do- every dollar of that's on screen. Every dollar is on screen. You, you know, you, they didn't have catering. It's it's only on screen. <laughs> I think 5K of that is like the the digital grain packs he downloaded off of like weird vlogs. Yeah, yeah. Weird. He said that in an interview. He's like, sometimes paying a premium for grain packs is worth it. I'm like, dude, I love that you are just like a YouTube. Like I'm doing that too. It's just like, oh yeah, download some grain packs. Like it looks sick. This movie was made for fifteen thousand dollars. It grossed two point one million. That's like a better return on investment by a mile than like Marvel movies make. By a mile. That's why don't they just do this? It's so stupid. They don't do if this they just, so much easier. If they just made like five hundred <laughs> skinamarinks every year, they'd make the same amount of money. Alien Four should just be like. Paul Rudd with like a selfie camera, like be like, oh, I'm so small. Is that going to be our pitch is in the quantum realm? There's a skin of a ring where it's like, it's like, well, I guess we should go watch this cartoon in the quantum realm. 
<laughs> I, no, but I do think we should pitch to Marvel. Everyone's saying we need to skin a rink Marvel, and they say I'm hearing it on the streets and on the Slacks, Discord channels, and all that. Podcast Two's got to take on Marvel, so that's coming up next. But let's get back to Skin and Marink. Skin and Marink is a horror film that released this year, 2023. It went on the festival circuit in 2022. It is a very simple story about once upon a time, a pair of children wake up in the middle of the night. They discover that their dad is no longer in the house, and it's the story of what do they do in the house? The exits of the house start to close up. The toys in their house start to rise to the ceiling. It's a it's a hard movie to pitch the plot of, to be honest, because not a lot happens. Like No, yeah. All the all the YouTube videos I watched after the movie explained a bunch of basic plot points that I didn't pick up watching the movie. And I was watching very intent attentively. But uh, I was like, oh, like I was just watching one today. You know, I watched a couple, you know, the other day, and then I watched one today and I was like Oh, and at the beginning, he falls down the steps, and it's alluded to that he bumped his head and like has head trauma, and maybe this is all in his head. And I was like, I didn't, I didn't get that. Which I don't think the intention of the film is ever to be. You know, he's doing his own thing that's very abstract, and you know, it's an experimental horror that makes the horror scares scarier. And to me, this was one of the scariest things I've ever watched. And I don't usually get scared, but I thought this was a top tier very scary movie what about you maxwell i have a different opinion but like i'm i'd love to hear your positive thoughts first to be honest well for me i mean for me that's that is like i think that perhaps because i'm uh crazy or or stupid i think i'm just arrogant uh there's not a lot of things that scare me uh, in life. Like, I couldn't talk about many... I guess being hit by cars. I got a bike accident. My big thing right now was, like, being hit oh, by you're cars. You're so really weird in cars. You you, you get... I'm you're scared dude, I was in a car. I wasn't just riding around in a car over the weekend. My friend was driving, and I was, like, having a panic attack the whole time. Like, I kept thinking she was going to hit people and, like, plow down pedestrians. To be fair, she was like accelerating towards children. <laughs> uh, but uh, I don't want to. No, I yeah, no, I don't want to diss. Like, obviously, you have some deep seated stuff from getting hit by a car. But like, I remember driving with you a year ago, right around now after we wrapped your feature, and like, we there'd be like a stop sign like fifty feet ahead of us, and you'd be like, just FYI, that, that's a stop sign. And I'd be like, thanks. Yeah, it's red. It's uh, it's in fact uh, made very noticeable on purpose. <laughs> yeah, I uh, I uh, I I can't. I'm not, I I should go. I should work on that. I should go to therapy. Figure that one out. But you know, besides cars, not afraid of many things. So, so this episode is really tapped to us by BetterHelp. Uh, no, I'm joking. Uh, <laughs> no, we don't have sponsors. And sh- in, in partnership with Chevrolet <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> or Tesla. Famous combo. <laughs> no, it was just it tapped into a very uh, a fear that I haven't felt in a long while, which is that fear you have as a kid when you're in the dark or just when you're alone and you're you're afraid of what you can't see like you're looking around your cor- the corner cuz you feel like there's like a little guy it's going to come out and be like ah I'm the guy and it scares you and uh it really it made me afraid of the dark in a way that I've heard other people talk about horror movies before that I haven't felt in a long time where yeah I was like watching the movie and I'd pause it and I was kind of like, I kind of want to turn on some lights in this room right now. Like, I don't feel good. And I think so much of that is because 
the movie leaves so much to the imagination. It does this thing where it's like, you know, if you were, if you're watching it as it should be watched, like in the dark. And I actually, I think I didn't see this in the theater. I saw the streaming and, uh, I, uh, some people I've talked to and people on Twitter have talked about how like it might be a better film for streaming than for theaters because you are alone. You know, my, uh, some friends of mine went to see it in the theater and excuse me, people were like giggling and laughing in the movie. Cause you know, they're kind of trying to treat it as like evil dead, like fun thing. But I think it's a very, it's best as a solitary experience because what it did to me is, um, and you know, granted I may have been partaking in some reefer as I tend to do, but it was sort of this thing where like there's so much of it is just pitch black with just these layers and layers of grain on it that it starts to sort of take on that thing where like you close your eyes for a long time you just sort of watch like this the particles in your vision go around you know what i'm talking about yeah yeah yeah. and like it did it there was one section of the movie where it did it for so long that and i really think there was just nothing on the on the the timeline you know the premiere timeline he's working on other than these grain layers and it, my brain started to fill in the gaps. It started to become almost like a hallucination with like the soundtrack in the background. Uh, and that was almost like, that wasn't necessarily scary. It was just so surreal. Like I saw myself like, like the, my brain trying to make sense of just, you know, static and noise and grain and turning it into these swirls and that weren't there. I don't think. This is like one of those films for me where I respect the hell out of it. You know, mm -hmm. like I was Definitely. watching it and there's this Werner Herzog quote that's famous, which is like, try to create images that have never been seen before. Definitely. I think this film does that. Well, I'd more specifically say it creates like sensations and experiences that I've never experienced before in a, um, in a film. The film largely builds off of like static images of objects around the house. You almost never see the actual children that are searching for their dad that's gone. You almost never see any of the characters experiencing the story. It's It holds on a shot of like a teddy bear with like the light of the TV reflecting in its eye. It holds on like a doorknob sitting still. It's, um, I'd, I'd almost describe it as like B-roll the movie. It's like, all the shots yeah. you would shoot to like do place setting, everything is place setting, um, which I respected the hell out of it. It has this, as you were saying, this crazy digital noise and grain overlaid over it. It has this very creepy, quiet, dark vibe. I just like certainly wasn't scared because I didn't, I don't know. I just like felt like I was seeing things in a house. It re certainly reminded me of like being a little scared of the dark as a kid, but there was nothing for me to engage in. Like I, it, this movie made me realize just how much I like seeing people's eyeballs in movies. <laughs> for sure. For sure. It's definitely, it's more of a, uh, experiential and it's a film than it is uh, a film with drama. Like the only real drama in it is the drama. I mean, there is the story of the characters, but you don't really know what's going on. And I'm surprised by the people who could even parse what was going on. Uh, I had to put on subtitles. I can't imagine watching this movie without subtitles. I would not know what they're saying, which is a cool choice and stuff. But, you know, I'm 
you know, whatever. Uh, and I, I did watch it in two parts because the first time it was late and I fell asleep, which isn't a diss on the movie at all. I fall asleep at some of my favorite movies all the time. I'm just a sleepy boy. But how, how did you watch this film, Max? I watched this film on my TV in my apartment by myself. <laughs> I had the very distinct experience of um, I had just gotten out of editing this short film that I'm working on for um, I'd gotten out of five days of the edit on that um, right after we finished this was my first night off um, by myself I watched this movie with a beer and at, over the course of watching this movie I started to get a terrible sore throat that would cause me to be bedridden for <laughs> seven days I got I I the symptoms of strep throat came on as I was watching this movie. So, uh, dude, dude, you got skin marinked. I got you got your throat I got, got skin Yes, you got skin marinked throat fucked. I got right there. throat fucked by that demon. Um, <laughs> yeah, it was. Um, well, here's my question that I'm interested in. This movie is in the micro budget universe a certified fucking hit like this did paranormal activity kind of numbers i guess it actually it did not but like it did i don't think yeah it, you don't but it those did anymore. like it did really intensely good numbers yes definitely. you know our good friend jordan tatuski directed a similar budget feature that won slam dance it won the top prize basically for a film at this budget and that film has not nearly come close to making the kind of box office that this did. Um, and so I'm I'm interested to say, like, why do you think this connected so thoroughly? I think because of all the things I just talked about. I mean, it it it, it, it if only for. I mean, when I say the film was the scariest film I saw, most of it is like that one jump scare. At the end, uh, which that's a horrifying the, image, like the girl's mouth. It's a horrifying being closed image, off, just like the windows and the doors that are closed off throughout the film. Oh, that's not even the one. The one for me was the telephone. The shot of the telephone. Oh, toy. where it jumps forward, or it's like eyes move. Yeah, or something. yeah, that's yeah. what it does. Yeah, yeah. It, where its eyes move, and there's a sound cue, and that's actually that to me. Actually, like me talking about it right now, I'm even getting a little fear in me. Um, which, you know, I, I, this is not something that happens to you with like any horror movies usually, uh, in the film, it know, holds since... on the shot of the tele, you know, the telephone toy with the wheels it's in toy story, Fisher 3. price telephone, yeah. yeah, Fisher price. It holds on that shot for a long time. And then suddenly it's eyes like dart and look straight in the camera. And it's, it's fucking scary. And it's one of those things where it's like, you're looking at it like, Oh, it jumps, you know, it's got a lot of great, all of its jump scares, I would say, are great jump scares. And I think part of that reason succeeds. And maybe this is answering your question. The jump scare succeeds so well because you're in such unfamiliar territory watching it that even when the time, you know, it's hitting that that rhythm of jump scares, you just don't know what's going to happen. You don't know. There's There's no frame of reference to this film other than, like, like Blair Witch Project looks downright commercial compared to this. Yes, this and, is experimental. Uh, it's, it's genuinely it experimental. It is straight up experimental, and it's pr this. This could be this. You know, 
it's painted as a horror movie. It's sure it's experimental horror, no doubt. But I wonder if this is like one of the most successful experimental features ever made, because it's I'd argue it's it, got to be in the pan. It's got to be top fifty easily. I mean, I'd argue there's not that I mean, much in terms success of box in that office, genre. Yeah, in terms yeah, of, in terms of box office. Yeah, because like I think like people like like to throw something like a Terrence Malick film, or like super neorealist films that like hold on a wide shot for a long time as experimental that's not experimental though that's like yeah and the history of experimental film that's not really experimental because it's it's using non-conventional film techniques non-commercial film techniques but like at the end of the day experimental film means attempting to use the medium to do things that haven't been done before that's like a super layman description of it from my understanding this uh-huh. film tells a story with a style and a voice that I have never seen before. And that's what I that, commend yeah. it for. Yeah, the and it, it's so cool that guy, you know, the Kyle Edward Ball, who we'd love to have on the show someday. He's a really cool guy. I follow him on Twitter. He's a cool guy. I'd love to have him. Great filmmaker. But, you know, he just comes from a YouTube background. He's just making stuff like this based on people's dreams, just <laughs> honing his craft and so much respect for anyone who does that such a cool way to do it and he just made this and he was like yeah i think this one's pretty good let's fucking do it but like yeah i mean it's it's borderline video art at top like like overall it's like it's it's narrowly held together by its time frame and it's like it had kind of it definitely it certainly has a beginning middle and end which gives it some semblance of narrative structure but like you couldn't tell me when the pinch points were in this script or like when I mean, I guess you could say when like Act Two starts, but I, I couldn't tell you. Um, yeah, I think it's hard to know what's going on. It's and that's what makes it scary. In terms of the history of this film, just because I think this is interesting, like part of the reason that this film did hit so well, and I I don't think this was like done on purpose. I think this was lightning in a lightning bottle. in a bottle, <laughs> as they say. I'm a writer. Um, they. They played this at a festival. I don't know which festival this was, but one of the festivals in the COVID times was um, doing um, online releases of their projects and their server wasn't super strong and a hacker went in and got this film off the server. Should should be a devastating thing, except that the film started getting passed around clips of it specifically on TikTok and Twitter. And that's what started to build a word of mouth about this thing, about like people were like, this is terrifying. And I totally get it. With one minute clips of this film, which was what was being passed around, it's like, I, it's actually a really exciting thing where it's like TikTok and Twitter were like basically spreading experimental film. They were like, and people were normal audiences that would not seek that out normally were like this doesn't look like something i've seen before this like has a weird vibe like a weird noisy digital in the dark of a normal house vibe that i haven't seen i want to see more and suddenly accidentally this viral marketing campaign started off of a week that caused shutter to bring it to theaters um and then it made all this fucking money like it made like as much money i'd imagine as like shutter subscriptions probably generally do per month (laughs) yeah no yeah yeah wow that's so cool i mean that but that's the thing is that it's it's a feature length version of a type of video that's been around for a long time i mean i know growing up like uh 
I was like 12 or 13, I, I remember the cre- getting introduced to creepy pasta with like Ben Drowned and that sort of thing. It's like these sort of like archival found footage things that, you know, there was like, there was Blair Witch and there was like Cloverfield by that time, but this had that truly found footage thing where you'd find something on the internet and you almost didn't know if it was re- I mean, I remember when I first saw Ben Drowned, which to me was like one of the scariest things I had ever seen at the time. This is, for those who don't know, this was a creepy pasta web series uh about a guy who found a haunted uh nintendo 64 cartridge of uh ocarina of time the zelda game and uh or no majora's mask pardon me and uh it, he basically modded the game to record these really uh, disturbing uh he was like the game was haunted it was playing itself and it was actually some really scary shit uh, the game scary uh, uh, on its own but it was really scary stuff that he sort of wove a story over multiple blog posts and when that came out it was like like you know you're 12 years old you're like oh this is real or this could be i'm not even sure and this fits into that this is why i mean i think right after this movie started doing numbers a24 greenlit the back rooms being directed by this high schooler who made these back this back rooms video uh it's just a it's like a hand it's made in like unreal engine or like probably blender or something and it's literally just like a shaky cam with like you know grain and noise layered on top going around this room and then it's just like creepy and uh i think there's like there's like a monster in the end and that became a sort of viral thing where everybody's doing their own versions and then memes of it and jokes of it and now he gets to make his own movie and he's in high school this is this is potentially a uh genre launcher i guess it's i have to be honest like i respect the style so much but like talking about my actual experience with the film i think i started to allude to this earlier but like it's this was it in the day or the night i watched watched it at night late at night okay it's uh it's currently sitting on rotten tomatoes with a 44 percent audience score it's not for everyone it's not your mother's horror film my experience was like you see these super vibey ugly honestly um like b-roll shots around this house (laughs) and i was like okay this is interesting you know this is shooting the creepiness of a suburban house in a way i've never seen before visually (laughs) and then (laughs) i could follow what was happening with the story but it just for me felt impenetrable because it required so much thought to piece together what was happening in these images. Cause like you don't see if, if two kids, if part of the story is that two kids see that their toys are sticking to the ceiling, that is a beat in the movie that their toys are starting to float up to the ceiling. It doesn't like show the kids sitting in a room. Then they see their toys float up and they touch the ceiling. Right. It shows like, the TV glowing on a table and then it shows a blank wall with a lot of digital noise and then it shows the ceiling and there's a toy on it but you're not even sure if it's the ceiling then you hear two kids say like what's going on and it's like but you don't hear them say what's going on you hear the scene <laughs> and you're like what I had subtitles go, on too so yeah, yeah yeah you had to turn that and shit that, on and then like maybe offhand they're like I think the toys are something weird and it's like, I respect it, but largely I was like, 
not terribly invested in the creepiness of it because I don't see reaction shots. I can respect the fact that the film is experimental in trying to capture a vibe, trying to capture a way of telling a scary story in a way that's not typically done. But for me, it doesn't make it terribly penetrable. I would not call this a penetrable film, for sure. Yeah, it's 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 certainly, if we're going to talk about a film that nails its beats, it doesn't nail its beats. And it, it perhaps you could say, I mean, I haven't seen Kyle Edward Ball's other filmography. I haven't seen what he would do. It's like, oh, what could you do if it was like, dude, just make like a... Like, let's see you do a conversation scene. I don't think that's what he's setting out to do. It's not what he's interested in doing. That's why I have trouble but, uh, criticizing it, because it's like, he, cl- he no, it's executed ex- it's what he wanted to do incredibly. I just have to be honest that it's not a movie I would ever watch again. <laughs> no, yeah. No, it, it, it's it's one of those things where you make your choice. You It's choosing to not be for everyone. And in doing so, in sacrificing, like, hitting those moment-to-moment beats, it achieves a vibe that, like, I, it's not the same film if you did cut to those reactions. If you cut to reactions of the child actors, especially at this budget level, I mean, at this budget level, you're fucked. But if you cut to the reactions of the child actors, even with all the resources and the best actors in the world, like, it's a different vibe. Even if it's perfectly executed, even if you really excellently direct it, what makes this movie is that you are left in your own head until it yells at you. Uh, and that's... It was fun, uh, but yeah, it's not a, it's not a, it's 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 borderline video art more than it is a movie. Like it's it's a feature, it's feature length. It's got a title card and credits. All the credits are at the beginning, but you know that's been done. You know, certainly. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's a, it's I, I loved it. I totally get. I I almost didn't love it actually. Uh, in the first half, I was almost like I don't know about this one, and then I came in for the second half, and I was like, okay, I'm sold. I want to love it. It's like annoying. Like I like I want to be on its wavelength. But how stoned were you, if I may ask? I wasn't. It, I was off drunk. The record. I was a little buzzed. I was a little buzzed. Old, I don't think it's a drunk movie. I don't think it's a drunk movie. At least if you're not dr- smoking with it, it's definitely a stoned. I mean, I don't watch movies. I was definitely trying to have do- some fun too. I was like, I, I was like, I'm sick of this edit i just want to watch something and like let go and like this was not the prime that also i was getting sick so the whole time i was like fuck yeah that's probably the biggest culprit but i also think it's a bad movie to watch when you're editing because it's uh if you're in editor brain it it's it very deliberately doesn't cut when like conventional wisdom would say cut even for like a long take film it's uh everything about it is jarring and hard hard to watch but not in like it, i don't know it, it worked for so many people and that's so powerful it's so cool that he did it and now the studio wants to make a sequel and uh they said you got carte blanche but we're not giving you much more money and that's a question of if we can even get him back so what do you think how do we handle a sequel to this let's dive into it we're, Kristen, we're 30 yeah, minutes Kristen's in. coming in about an hour i um i'll start by saying and so you're like you're like we're about to get to the main part of the the core of the you podcast. You can cut out. There's two tracks of audio, chips. so you can you can't hear my chewing it's on giving your me audio. More work as the editor of this, though. To you should always be cutting my line when you're talking. You should always, always be cutting my line when you're talking. Chip time. Oh, it's chip time. Okay. If this was Skinner Rink, we would just hold on a shot of your crinkly bag. <laughs> 
I'll have you know I'm not eating chips. I'm basically eating salad and that I'm eating croutons. Oh. And I'll have you know in a turn of events that's even me being healthier, they're homemade croutons I made today. You made croutons as a I snack. made croutons. No, I made them for salads, but as what happens whenever I've ever owned croutons in my life, I eat them as a snack. They are a good snack. It's... They're a bread snack. It's bread and oil. So here, this is what's interesting with this sequel that we're being commissioned to do. Because it's like part of the goal of this podcast is also just talking about sequels in general. In like a sequel heavy world, like what actually makes sequels work? What makes them not work? So the question to me is, are we trying to improve upon what Skinnamarink did, is this like, can we make it better? Or is this like, how do we like bring what worked into a different zone for the audience? I think they want, a, they want way higher profits from Skinnamarink too. They want, um, we gotta, we gotta make this, we gotta expand the audience. You can't, here's the thing about Skinnamarink. It did great for its budget. But if you make the budget go up any higher, really, like, I mean, you make it a normal movie price where you're actually paying people, like, good money, uh, you got to have way more viewers. You got to make way more money in Skinmeric 1. Like, yeah. as soon as you spend a million on this puppy, you got to start making some fucking money. So, yeah, we got to expand the audience. I'm thinking we cash in. I'm thinking, have you ever seen Paranormal Activity 2? I have not, no. Me neither, but I imagine what they did is they just like. I remember thinking made it... like before we record this episode, I should really Google the plot of that because it's so, probably so relevant. So it's I know the plot of it. It's it's a new new people move into the same paranormal activity house and they get paranormal activity a second time. It's like yeah, or maybe it's not. Maybe that's paranormal activity three. I think all the, I don't know. Maybe paranormal activity two is the original cast. I believe it's a new cast, but. That's what we're going to do. There's a new family in the Skinnamarink house, and they're going to get Skinnamarinked, and we're going to up it from experimental to, like, lo-fi. Like, it's more, it's it's still shape. We've maintained the Skinnamarink DNA, but I think we got to up the budget. They, you know, they've got, they want to make this an HBO streamer title with a limited theatrical release. It's a streamer, and it's got to stream to the masses. You know what I'm saying? Skinnamarink 2. It's going to be the Evil Dead 2 of Skinnamarink. Yeah, I'm reading about Paranormal Activity 2. Yeah, it is a new family moves in seemingly. The budget... Better paid actors, bigger. The yeah. budget went up significantly, but it made a ton mm-hmm. of fucking money mm-hmm. still. Exactly. Um, I So we do we do a lower budget than Paranormal Activity 2 because we know we'll get less returns because, of course, you know, yeah. The theatrical models in a different place than it was in 2007 or whatever. And, but, uh, yeah, the, I think we got something here. The thing that I think worked with Skinnamarink is like this kind of format is really like strong when built around children experiencing it. You know, <laughs> it is very much from a child's perspective of. Anything can be scary and anything can be magical. The rules of the universe are not set in stone yet at that age. But okay. what if we subvert that? Skinmarink 1 is about children. Skinmarink 2 is about 
the highly elderly. Mm. This was okay. that's someone who's okay. at death's door who's like maybe like you know there's uh you know it could be very POV driven and uh and it, it you can all you can hear like the uh the voices of like this this protagonist you know, this old man or old woman's like children around them being like oh you know old grandma donnie doesn't know even know what's real and what's not anymore and grandma donnie's the one who can pick up on being skin marinked and on the the demons in the house see like I I would love Skinnamarink to to not take place in a house again because it's like what are you gonna sh- you're gonna show the same shit again yeah but you're gonna have better lighting now and now you're gonna get to use like aperture lights instead of iPhone flash what if it was <laughs> what if it was in a nursing home Skinnamarinked in a nursing home how'd the demon get there because the demon's in the house it's like a haunted house I think there's lots of demons there's, there's many Skinnamarinks there's, there's many Skinnamarinks there's not and they're just all connected. one demon and that's what we're doing we're gonna Annabelle this shit we're gonna set up all the different uh, Skinnamarinks and all the different houses and then for Skinnamarink 7 lucky number 7 they all get together I guess 6 6 is probably the number for that uh-huh. Um, uh-huh. But they all get together we get the little kids who Whose faces you can't see easy recast you know we get like zachary levi's son or whatever to be, play that kid and then nah, boom, boom, he's boom, gonna be dead he's it. gonna be dead from his lack of a covid shot <laughs> <laughs> he's gonna... hey he's about to have his big comeback with chicken run two so skin of marink two so grandma jones what would you call her grandma grandma donnie grandma donnie <laughs> grandma donnie is in the nursing home I mean, when you pitched to me, no, you didn't pitch it. When Kristen called us to do this movie, <laughs> I was definitely like, I mean, there's not much plot to discuss in a Skinnamarink. But that's what's so cool. It's you can do anything with Skinnamarink too. So Grandma Donnie, you know, if we're gonna go the old people route, we're not. It's not set in stone. But should we go down this path? Skinnamarink one in the third act has this great crazy sequence where we like go to like that weird house or like that weird mansion. I don't even know what it was. It was like a weird mansion like in the underworld or something. You know what I'm talking about? Mm-hmm. I think we could sort of do a weird sequence like that, but it's like, what if Grandma Donnie does die? Grandma Donnie flatlines mm-hmm. and we go to hell with Grandma Donnie in the, through a skin marine lens. What do you got? What do you got? What if it's about the audience can't see when like we jump up at each other and like they can hear you gasping. You very oddly like, <gasps> just most of our writing process is us bullshitting until one of us goes <laughs> brain blast. <laughs> um, what if it's like Grandma Donnie, it's the night that like her grandson or granddaughter is like staying over for the night in the creepy old person mm. house and she dies and it's like for, it's still from a kid's perspective but it's from a kid's perspective the night that she's in her grandma's house and her grandma dies what if it's because it, we can you i think it's dual perspective you you alternate between grandma perspective yeah. and little girl perspective and you go a little i do think you know you i think I think with this one, you can't... Lightning in a bottle doesn't strike twice. Uh-huh. So you don't try to replicate the, the skin ring style. You try to apply that style to a more found footage narrative type style. Like, it's more Blair Witch with the skin ring flavor, more Cloverfield, but or not not Cloverfield or, skin, or Blair Witch where it's diegetically handheld, 
necessarily it's it's in that world but it's it's not like a found footage film yeah. it just has that vibe right it's it feels lo-fi um but i think to i mean skin rink had multiple povs i guess but like this one we embrace the multiple povs but one's a little girl whose face we do see we get a great actor and the other is a uh, old woman who's gonna die over the course of the film like maybe at the midpoint she's dead well i was gonna say we don't see anyone's face until the grandma dies and then the second she's dead you can see her face suddenly because she like the only things you don't jump scare that's so scary so uh-huh. no one's face until the midpoint and then at the midpoint the grandma dies you cut to her dead face with like teeth bleeding out her mouth i was like bah. but let's so see that's the thing is that scaring wasn't scary for the gore it's not it's not Evil Dead 2. It's not all about the gore. It's not about the effects. It's really simple effect. I could do the effects of Skin and Rink in Premiere in 10 minutes. Yeah, Easy. I mean, I think a 15-year-old could probably. Well, I say that about a lot of people's skills in film, and you'd be surprised. Anyway, um, so yeah, Skin and Rink 2, Grandma dies i don't know do we want to do the no faces thing for the first half is that a decision we make as screenwriters or is that the director's decision do we get kyle back can we get kyle back is he too big did marvel scoop him up for ds3 doctor strange 3 i think kyle is extremely talented and could handle something like that i don't think famously in the history of cinema it's like when shit is this experimental and this kind of atypical, like the studios don't tend to scoop those directors up. You know, I would love to see him get to operate with a way bigger budget. You know, it's like he made Skin Ring for $15,000 and it made millions, plural. What can this dude do with like $500,000? Let me see what he's up to. If he's got another project signed up. So you're saying he would? I'd love to get him back. I'd love to get him back with a higher budget. And like, this is, this is an interesting concept. Dual narrative. Half the movie is once again, a little kid trapped in a house. It's getting that skin of a rink one in, uh, other half of the movie is like someone that's died. Where do they go? Like here's those close up B roll vibey shots that covered skin of a rink one. Like what do those shots look like? Like what if grandma goes to hell? Or what? Yeah, Grandma goes to hell. Or like, what if Grandma like, Grandma can go to hell, and also Grandma can be a ghost. You know, Grandma. Like, what is like those? What if it's like those POV shot or those shots of like corners of rooms in Skin Rink One? Like, we can see what those look like when you can actually see the spectral imaging, and it's like really scary ghost Grandma like floating over Mm -hmm. that shot. Like yeah, like what if her dentures have crawled out of her mouth and are like chewing into the ceiling? Could we do a third act? Maybe third act midpoint break, where it's just POVs again to like actual found footage, and it's like what if it's like a news crew like coming to investigate Skin Rink incident and missing daughter, or it's like, do you think that's really the solution to this though? Because it feels like it's like taking away from what makes this special, which is like. I'm just look. I'm let's just throw some things out the wall. Yeah, Sky's yeah. the limit with this. The first one was experimental. The second one's gotta be should. The second one should step up to the plate. The plate of experimentalism, while also bringing a more strong narrative uh, accessibility to it. 
right? It's for more, it's for a wider audience, it's a bigger budget, but it needs to maintain the uh, rule breaking DNA of the original. What if you were assigned to make a sequel to Breathless? You know, that's what we're talking about here. See, my see, my impulse is to make it weirder. My impulse is like, let's... You can't make it weirder than Skidmark 1. And I was like, what do you... You can't... You have to make it more normal but crazier. And I'm thinking, like, that's why I was pitching, like, the POV switch. Like, what if what if you do switch POVs? I mean, that's... Yeah, that's I just like, like that. what if you... I, uh, I, I'm saying switch POVs halfway through like the first half is a little girl and grandma experimental and then halfway through you do a very jarring switch to like camp handheld camera um like found footage and it's like the or like police body cam footage as they're like trying to investigate this little girl's disappearance <laughs> you know you're cutting between the police body cams i mean that would talk about uh relevant or whatever i don't know political you know whatever you want it to be uh something i don't know what do you got what do you got what do you got that's better than that top of that bitch no i i part of me wonder my feeling with skinnamarink one was that the thing that could have really elevated it for me i'm about to basically describe something that's really hard uh i don't have solutions for how to do this but i was like i wish you could apply this style to something where the writing had me more actively asking questions. Like, instead of the, like, the basic question that seems to be driving the skin of a rink is, like, what's happening in the house? What happened to the dad? Or it's like, what did he say? What did she say? What's their name? Yeah, I wish there were more, like, <laughs> twists and turns in terms of, sure. like... Reversals. Yeah, right. like, they they think they find dad, but then it turns out, no, dad is, like, a dead body of someone they'd never met before. It's like, well, that raises more questions now, you know? And then, like, they... I don't know. That's, like, my feeling was, like, I wish it was, like... I wish I could like more actively engage with the twists and turns of the story. You want to know the beats. You want to know the beats and the reversal. You know, a beat is when, you know, what is this episode seven or whatever of the show? And we're gonna explain what a beat is. A beat is when a reversal happens. It's when a change happens for the character. The character started in one place and they are found on the opposite side of that place. They've changed places with another character. Things like that. You know, it's like major story beats. Something someone is something has visually sort of like shifted in the story. Yeah, um, yeah. And so, but I mean, that's kind of leading towards what I'm talking about. I was like, uh, I'm not saying it's a good idea or anything. I'm just like, this is probably what we should think about. Is like, what can like, what if we do change to like, like, what if we psycho it? It's once upon a time. There's a little, you know. It, it, sorry. We psycho it. It's like, you know, in the middle midpoint of psycho, we change perspectives to the character of the, 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 uh, like law enforcement guy investigating the murder that happened for the whole first half of the film. Um, and we know what happened. And <laughs> Skin Rink, we will never know what happened. Uh, but, you know, that's for YouTube to decipher. But yeah, I, I, that right now is the clearest vision for me that we've gotten so far is that like, or that we've, we haven't really put that many pitches yet. 
But yeah, it's like once upon a time, there's a little girl who's dropped off to stay with her grandma, who's like not senile. And grandma starts rapidly decaying in her time staying with her. And it's dark at night. And then like the home is haunted or like grandma's house is haunted with skinnering stuff. Mm-hmm. And we're switching POVs from little girl to grandma. And then grandma dies, and then little girl goes missing. Little girl gets taken into Skinmarink world with grandma. And then midpoint of film, we cut to, and it's like police. Like it's like it's an episode of Cops almost. I, yeah. <laughs> like, I, uh, what What if we just cut to like her dad arriving the next day to pick her up from grandma's house? And it's shot in Skinnerink style. Like is it like Arrested Development where it feels found footage, but it's not, or feels mockumentary, but it's not. I'm like trying to think like what would be what does Kyle want to do? Let's get Kyle on the show. What was did you call him? What was he was he busy? He didn't want to come on the show? Um I've actually got Kyle on the line right now. Did you tell him I called him the notorious K E B? Hey, Kyle, um I hear you're working on your mo- new movie. We're so excited. Uh, Sam wants to know that you're the uh, wants to tell you that you're the notorious KEB. Um, we were wondering, Kebbers, how, how would you like to approach this midpoint of your sequel? Yeah, yeah. The folks Did he further it? Did he me? I'm gonna need subtitles for this podcast. Am I right? Yeah, me is this bit this bit's really uh this bit, we should keep doing this bit for a long time no keep time. doing it keep doing it. i got a riff here here it is here it is it's oh nice. wow was this is this the direction he gave on set is this why everything was out of focus because they couldn't hear you say uh make it in focus classic direction line actually i was gonna really help you out with your indie feature sam but now that you just said that to me i uh have no kyle, i love you <laughs> max edit this part out edit this part out we can't we can't let kyle know we're haters no we love kyle we're not we haters KD. i think i think kebbers you're a hater i'm a fan i'm not a hater like i like you're it. a disliker I, you're it not enjoyer work for me but i appreciate oh, it cool if someone said that about my film i'd kill myself that's dark. Which is why I'm making a film that everyone will love in the world, especially my enemies. If any of my exes don't enjoy my film, I will jump off a building. So dark. Yeah. That's the midpoint of the podcast. <laughs> we're not we're not solving a lot of narrative uh flaws What's here a, it's a new people i do think old people think little girl with an old person is great i love little per i like little girl discovering like the first third of the movie is grandma's like kind of dying you know i think you could totally capture this creepy vibe like she could be on like a breathing machine you could get those great skin of marine close-ups on the breathing machine like the like beep beep Beep. Classic. I think that would be something that really brings this to a new level. Would be like cutting between like creepy grandma. I love this idea that a family's dropped off their daughter with their grandma that's on a breathing machine. That's like, I think they're obviously like like that's what I was just thinking about. Is like they're obviously like negligent parents like going through some shit. Like that's what I'm looking I for. Think... Is like deepening this by like making like there's more to like decipher that's happening. You know? Where yeah, it's... yeah, yeah. It's a family drama. This one is a family drama. Mm-hmm. Like yeah, okay. So it's like it starts with like the what if it like I'm just like getting this visually in my head now. It's like what if like the opening. Shot is like just a close up 
or like a medium on this like little girl you know we get like one of those good child actors that's never acted before they're super weird on camera and they're just like st- you know they just have that like weird like thousand mile stare mm-hmm. uh but she's it's just like a close-up on this girl in the back seat of a car driving and like we just hear off camera the parents arguing and they're arguing about something trivial and you could tell there's they're like going somewhere they're probably going to like a couple's retreat or something to mend their marriage and they drop the daughter off and like it's very clear as a dropping off that like grandma's not as good as she used to be but they really need her to just they just need this right now yeah they drop her off you know we have a great scene where like the dad is like mom mom you good you can do this right mom okay okay cool you can do this and they go and then she's left there and then grandma's there with like her creepy knickknacks and tchotchkes and this little girl we'll call her name her name's Della 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 baby Della is stuck there and uh yeah it's so it's about so then if we bring that back what if we bring them back what if they come to pick up the daughter and then it's gone yeah and then it's like i mean what if skin rank 2 is like what if the front half is at night, like Skin Marink 1, and then the back half is in the day? I like this. I like this. We do Skin and Marink in the daytime. I think the way... I don't, I don't love the cops thing, to be honest. I don't love the found no footage cops. thing. But I think, like, what if we... Um, I think the step forward here is, like, not all the time, but a couple of times we see someone's eyeballs. <laughs> you know? We, we see, no, I think that's... We can get, like... I mean, he was, wasn't that like his cousins or his nephews in the movie? Like it was like kids. Yeah, but I think it largely worked. Like I, well, I didn't No, it, it was, no, it did work, yeah. but it's like, he's shooting around. Like it's like when you're working with child actors, you're, you're at a disadvantage. And then when you're working with non-actor child actors, which I believe he was, you know, you like, he makes the very intelligent choice to not show them. There's it's way yeah like, it would have been a more because a child movie. actor can sink a film i mean talk about you know star wars or you know famously uh, a film that got sunk star wars yeah people really loved the stuff with the little kid darth vader in episode one. Oh, you're people, talking they're, about they're, well that is the first star wars you know famously i was talking about child actors in star wars there's there's what i mean i guess there's baby leia and the, the kenobi kid, show there's the kid that's that like that was not good i think the kid is pretty good in uh star wars that's like Ma- master anakin what why there's are, too many of, why are you here at master night master skywalker there's too many of them or master no skywalker yeah what are we going to do yeah you know the lines master skywalker that's oh, a, I, that kid's good that kid's good He's good because you because you look at him and you're like oh that boy's gonna get sliced. He, he's, he's got that little chubby chubby cheeks. <laughs> he's gonna get sliced up like a Virginia ham. <laughs> why didn't Why didn't George show the the Virginia ham slices? You know. Oh, it's on the DVD extras. Oh. They they show him get sliced up. They had to cut it, so it's it's previs. But the third floor did some great renders of him getting sliced up like Looney Tune style into like little pieces. <laughs> Master Skywalker, and he like slides in he's, different directions. He's like the beat. Have you ever seen the Disney cartoon where like Donald, Goofy, and Mickey are so poor that they all have to split one bean? Split the one bean. <laughs> yeah, it's like that. He gets sliced <laughs> like the bean. Um, yeah, I like. No, I'm saying like I think this movie because lo- I don't want to like just like make it a normal movie now because like no, the it's got to be made weird. this work was this approach i love it during the day i think it's like from time to time 
we see someone's eyes and like when you do it's like they're in the corner of the frame it's done weird it's still shot weird but like and this is for kyle to decide you know we're just we're trying we got to figure out the the direction that this we're setting kyle up to succeed you know we gotta we gotta see uh, we gotta we gotta write for kyle we gotta see how kyle would see Mm -hmm. it we gotta push kyle to a new more commercial zone Mm -hmm. and it's like a little you know a little bit of reaction shots maybe we see how the character feels a little more maybe sometimes when you hold on these b-roll close-ups it's like on a can of pepsi you know and the and the (laughs) grandma right before she dies she takes a sip and she's like damn that's good you know like you could yeah fund the whole movie off of that could we could we put in some moments that where the grandma like turns to the camera really fast and says like I hate Mondays or something, something gifable, you know, something that we could get into giffy circulation. I think that's a really good way to market the film. So what if, no, I didn't like that one. I feel like one of our like quintessential bits on the show is one of us <laughs> saying a joke and then like one of us, instead of not liking it, just being like, well, let's return to the subject. <laughs> that is one of our bits on the show. Feels yeah. so good. On the show. <laughs> um, I pitched this thing like 20 minutes ago that got no response. You completely ignored it, but I think we could this can't imagine. This could be one of the quintessential set pieces of the movie, which is like what if the thing that didn't really scare me in Skinamarink was like so much of the horror, quote unquote, was built around like the kids' toys sticking to walls and stuff and i'm just like (laughs) toys aren't that creepy to me i'm i'm not that interested in the like what if childhood stuff was creepy i don't like the modern horror trope of like playing a lullaby song as like a creepy version of a lullaby song i don't think that's modern at all but yeah keep going or i don't just it's super cliche, especially in modern times, I find. Um, but, like, what if... I think we could, like, heighten some of the things that happened in Skinamarink 1. What if the little girl, when she's looking up at the ceiling, it's not toys that are on the ceiling, it's teeth. There's, <laughs> like, there's human teeth that are, like, sticking to parts of the house. And eventually our jump scare is she goes to look at Grandma... And it's like the first time we see a face, it's like grandma's face turns to her and like all of her teeth have crawled out of her face. That's a hell of a lot creepier to me. Yeah, but I think that that's what, what's what's part of the Skinnerink DNA. What's part of the Skinnerink IP. Is it? Uh, you know, everything's as, IP. What's her name? It's content. Everything's IP. Uh, Kristen, that, it's, Kristen. It's, Kristen. As Kristen would agree, uh, it's not about the gore. It's not it's not even about the visuals of the scare. There's no one frame in skin rink that's that scary. The scariest moment for me, again, is like the telephone's eyes turning. And that in and of its own, it's creepy for sure, but it's not like You were just saying gory. let's bring gore. You were just saying let's like No, I was saying the opposite. You mis you misunderstood me. I was saying let's do the opposite of it. I was saying we can't do that. Bringing that stuff in, that's not what's gonna make this work. Okay. It's 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 a easy it's a easy out that won't deliver the delivery we need. And and here's the thing is that this this uh this pitch we do I think this is going to be one of our looser pitches where it's like the challenge of this one is finding the idea yeah. and not necessarily laying out the plot. Okay. But um I think that 
it can't be like elevating because it's like, oh, now you really see the gore. Like now you really see the crazy stuff. It's like what was scary about Skinamarink for the fans of Skinamarink is the unknown. And when you did see something scary, it's it's delivered cinematically. It's, it's <laughs> visual and sonic, but it's not like gore. It's not over the top. It's very It's very subdued and restrained. So what I'm thinking, I mean kind of unrelated but just i've been thinking about this is like do the if you were to ask me you know skinnamarink one you know it's like uh setting up this other there's a there's an other world element there's like the skinnamarink world that they take them into yeah it's like in skinnamarink two should we see more of that should we understand that a little bit better you know i don't think this is a move you know these are movies where we should ever fully understand the lore i mean that's i don't think there's much good horror where you really understand what's going on is it? but i think there's always that thirst you know for more of that like can we go into it can we have a pee could could they be pulled into this world and then enact in the in the back half of the film when the mom and dad come back to pick up the daughter and they they get sucked in and we get to see it through an adult pe- like what does Skinnamarink look like with an adult POV you know is or is that when we see the gore is it that we don't see the gore when it's like the children and the 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 uh you know decrepit old persons there barely senile persons there but then when we go to like a fully cognizant adult who's drinking a lot of coffee, you know, they're like, they feel their nose get ripped out their skull. I don't know. I'm just no. I feel exploring. you. I feel you. I feel you. I smell. I smell what you're shitting. I think, and like I said, like I, we just gotta hit this concept. I don't think we're gonna hit our our structure. Yeah, I don't think it's a super structured thing. I mean, I think like the thing, the thing I'm searching for is like, okay, because I, I, I think we've got like the barest of bones, you know. Girl, you the barest of bones. Girls dropped off with at her grandma's house for like a night to stay there. Um, grandma dies, you know. But like, what's what is the like the 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 key creepy things in the first half of Skinnerink One are for me toys sticking to the ceiling and the doors. The dad disappears and the doors and the windows are getting shut off from being able to exit the house. That's the creepiest thing, actually, that Skinnamarink 1 introduces, is like, what if every uh-huh. exit out of your house closed? That is the most original Which idea. I didn't really understand watching it. I was like, oh, that's kind of crazy. The doors are gone, but I didn't even understand. It's like, oh, they can't leave. I was like, why would they leave? They're like toddlers. Yeah, yeah. I guess I got that, but yeah, you're also right. I mean, that's the thing. It's, that's, I mean, that it's a, it's a, very interesting demonstration how like why clarity in cinema it's like even you know if you're vague not everyone's gonna get it it's just it's interesting how it works different for everyone so what are we trying to introduce here as like the creepy i think that's really gonna lead us to what we're going to pitch here is like what is the new what's at least one new creepy element that feels correct for the skinnamarink universe that would also elevate it to a wider audience what if the skinnamarink comes out and it's like a, a, a the skinnamarink is a monster that's it's like the uh in stranger things or whatever like the deep big demon cloud like necromancer type deal 
Like, what if it uh, turns into, like, a kaiju? It comes out of Skinnamarink World through the old folks' home, and then it's, like, a giant monster. Ah, oh, I'm Skinnamarink. Oh, what if, in, okay, what if we, uh, bad idea. Instead of trying to uh, recreate what happened before, which is someone disappears, what if the image is the girl comes into the room and there's, like, six of her grandma? There's yeah. there's lots six grandmas there's six grandmas suddenly you know it's like that's it's duplicating or even just two even there's two you just do a thing a thing styles and that's good because that's a scene you know and then we're doing untold like Skinner Ray doesn't have like scenes with like people talking yeah and like to do one like that where the audio is fucky and like Nolan you know and that the like bad audio it's like it's hard to listen to. And it's like the two of them talking. You're trying to, you're with this little girl trying to suss out which one is the real grandma. Yeah. And uh, are they in the same room or are they in different rooms? I was visualizing same room, but different rooms. Just, I mean, you're saying like she'd have to run back and forth. I like same room. Like, what if you, like, what if she's like grandma? And then, like, what if every time, at least at this point of the movie, every time they talk, they're both, they both speak at the same time. Like, yes. Like both mouths open at once. You know, it's like a mirror and it's like, yeah, that's that's cool. What if when the parents come back, there's duplicates of both, like there's duplicates of their daughter? Yeah. Oh, that's great. Yeah, we we leave we leave on a cliffhanger with our A plot. We cut to our B plot for the back half of the film, and the cliff like we come back and it's like yeah, it's like oh, there's two of these daughters. Now what? No grandma. Grandma's just dead on the floor. Now there's two girls. Yeah, and it's like what the whole what? first half there were two grandmas, second half there's two girls, because and one grandma dead, and it's like what's the fuck is going on? Because the scare, the thing that makes horror movies work for me is if you can create a situation where you're like, what would you do? Like something like Hall as simple as Halloween. It's like if a guy was chasing you with a knife, I think a lot of the fun is like, what choice would you make right now? And you either watch a character <laughs> make that choice and see how it turns out, or they make a different choice. And you're like, what are you doing? Or, and this is a bit more conceptual than Halloween, but like, I think like I like that is an interesting quandary to me is if you have a child and you walk into the house, the like babysitter's house that they're staying in, and suddenly there's a clone. There's two of them. <laughs> what do you do? How do you solve? Like, do you, you can't call the police. Yeah, what if she calls? I mean, she calls him and she's like, Dad, I need you to come home. And he comes home, like, pissed. Or they both come home. <laughs> I mean, I think it's better. It's more interesting. Or it's a better challenge. It's basically shifting protagonist. It's kind of like, it's like the first half of the movie is like, pure skin ring dna of like weird shit and then the second and a half of the movie could almost be like a like now now you the viewer are thrust into this situation how would you handle it yeah and it's like it's like it becomes a almost more traditional it's like a it's almost like a fish out of water in like bizarro world where it's like traditional horror but it's kind of just like a what the fuck like, what if that, what if this dad walks into the room and then as soon as he walks in the room, the door gets skinnamarinked and is gone. And he's like, what the, there was a door right there. And it's just like, oh, fuck. Write that down. Make sure There's... we have that line for the script. 
I, I think uh, we were recording. That's the good thing yeah. is that we can hand this as tape all pitches, over to Kyle. As all pitches are done, they're recorded. The best pitches are done on the wreck. You know, that's what's so cool about this show is that it's it's the real pitches as they're being real brains. It's like Supreme Court hearing recordings, you know? It's like... God, I wish I could be on that beach where Spielberg and Lucas were discussing the ideas for Indiana Jones. And it's like, baby, that's that's this show right here. You're on that beach. Yeah, except with- instead of George Lucas and Steven Spielberg, it's two dipshits that... Instead of a beach, it's a bedroom that smells like weed and ash oh i wish you guys could like know what tacos. sam's bedroom smells like it's the most specific smelling bedroom in the world you know it's fucked up because i haven't i know what you're talking about that incense i haven't burned it in forever and today i started burning it again because <laughs> i have so many boxes of it and i was like yeah you know what the hell and so it smells so much like the smell you're talking about right now i, I know the smell <laughs> you know the smell okay i do i i like this direction though i like this idea of like i mean maybe I don't know if it's becoming a trope in our pitches, but I do, I mean, I mean, it's just barbarian. We're barbarianing it. You know, you got to barbar, you got to pull from the. So the, when you say barbarian, like, what does that mean? Like, what, what did barbarian When do? I say the word barbarian, barbarians thing is that uh, the first half of the movie has a, uh, a, a protagonist and it's all about sort of this Airbnb horror premise. It's a rather classic then, horror setup. Yeah, and then it does a dramatic shift to a different POV that seems completely unrelated at the midpoint of the film, and it's Justin Long, and you go with that, and then you follow that journey, and then you learn how these two paths meet. But that's what I'm thinking is like, you know, we can do a sort of like stylistic version of yeah. that where the first half is like, uh, you know, a higher budget, a little more commercial version of classic skin and rig drama about a little girl and her grandma and weird skin and rig drama. And then there's two grandmas and the little girl's like, what the fuck? And we just do like a, we, we build that to its crescendo, whatever that may be, you know, the end of the scene where the little girl is talking yeah. to two grandmas. Well, we gotta solve that before Kristen gets here, but yeah, yeah, keep going. Sure, that's, yeah, a, yeah. That's, a, that's, a, that's something we can solve. And then we do a hard cut and we cut to father driving home. Like he just got a call. He's talking about, he just got a call from, or maybe he's getting the call on screen. I think it's scary if he just got the call, but you know, what are we going to do for clarity? And then uh, he pulls up at the old folks home or the, the house where the grandma lives, Mm -hmm. goes in and grandma's dead. And there's two little girls and he's like, what the fuck? And then he steps in and then the door behind him vanishes, and it's like not quite aligned quite right. Like they couldn't figure out how to do the effect of Premiere too good. <laughs> and, uh, and, uh, and, and and then they, like when I saw that, I was like, come on, you guys just, just, just keep, you know, move the X axis over. Let's, I mean, it was a choice. That's sick. That's a cool choice. Uh, actually, probably was a choice. I mean, I, I respect it. They didn't know what they're doing. Kyle, Kyle. And Edward and Ball, those three know what they're doing. That was quite a monologue we just watched you go on. I loved watching you <laughs> go from like... I don't remember the start of it. You were like I, uh, a I'll super be... cocky VFX boy, and by the end of it, you were like, but actually... I'm in it for love of the game. I don't make money off VFX. I just love VFX, you know? That's my thing. Uh-huh. You know, I just love compositing. Do you think James Cameron and his team are going to watch your feature and be like, how did he do it? I bet there's so many people as team about if if we hit a modicum of success, one guy might and be like, 
I know how we did it. He'd <laughs> <laughs> be like, that would take like a couple hours instead of 10 minutes. <laughs> That's the thing. It's like the hardest shot in my movie. It's like, oh, that was like hours, huh? <laughs> it was like, you know, a James Cameron shit where it's like, Oh, this took a team of thirty people a month yeah. to like get a previs or whatever. I was, uh, I just seen those these stills because Avatar two just came out on four K today, and like Twitter was posting these stills of like how genius it is that like they have like overexposed VFX shots. You know, like when they're running through the sun, like they purposefully overexposed yeah. shots to like that's brilliant. Sell it as photorealist. You know, it's like God. Like how is it, it it shows how we're in a lot of ways in the infancy of VFX that treating it that way, treating it like how would a camera actually capture these images still is fairly radical. I'm so interested. Yeah, I, I'm excited to learn more about how they do the spider stuff. Did you see the uh, the thing where in one of the BTS docs they released with the Blu-ray someone caught a shot of a page of the script for avatar three and they were no. able to, tra- they were, a- yeah, they were able to transcribe it. And it's a conversation with Quaritch and, uh, Jake Sully and court. It's like, looks like Quaritch is turning good and like spider sort of the bridge towards Quaritch turning good. It's really funny. It's really funny. It's like, does it damn. follow our pitch that all of avatar three is Quaritch and therapy? <laughs> that was... Is, was that our pitch? I genuinely, for for the viewers, if this makes it into the cut, for the viewers who don't know, Max edited the Spider-Man video. Basically, what it was the deal is that me and Max would take turns editing these, but then it was like, well, Sam's got this whole movie to edit. This is before Max had a movie to edit. Uh, but also, I work a full-time job, whereas Max does uh, fuck all. And uh, I do freelance. <laughs> I am not a trust fund kid. I am a freelancer. A, Max is a... BMW looking he's his Max's middle name is Rockefeller for those who don't know. Is it? Um and checks out check his check his Wikipedia Max R Mooney. Mm-hmm. And uh but but long story short Max hasn't I haven't listened to any of these episodes besides the Spider-Man one which was pretty good. But I don't know what's going on. Our pitch for Avatar 3 was that the entire movie Quaritch's C plot would be him in therapy learning to grow as a person. <laughs> Sound like we could use to some C plot of us in therapy to grow as writers. Yeah, like, that sucks. That's a real waste of course. Hey, hey, Iger bought it. You know, we we made our sweet day rate on that one. Well, when has Bobby Iger ever made a bad decision? That's true. Right. That's true. It's um. So I um. What was I gonna say? Um. We. We... What's the like? What is the like ultimate super creepy thing that's gonna build? There's two grandmas. Yeah. What's our climax? So what's our climax into this midpoint of dad arriving? We've got about fifteen minutes ish until Kristen arrives. Our climax out of this dad arriving. Our like, climax like what... into the midpoint. Like, because we got like two halves. Oh. You know, like what leads oh, us okay. into our barbarian yeah. like. New I mean, I, th- I don't think it's, I don't think it's anything even, I think it's just, I think it really to fit with Skin and Ring, I think it's more of just like a subtle dialogue moment where it's like, it's like grandma. No, it's, yeah, it's some shit like that. It's like, she says some like David Lynch ass shit where it's like, 
I'm actually, I am actually your grandpa or something weird. You know, it's like, Uh, or like, I am your mother's, your mother's uncle or I don't know, your favorite candy I just feel like we need to tell Kristen some things that in the movie. I think we're doing, I think, I don't think the moment right before the changing POVs to the father is that. Okay, what like else do you think we need to pitch to the CEO of What Shutter? is the client? What? How does it end? I think that we've got a beginning and a middle, and we need an end. How does it I end? Okay, se- daddy arrives, the door shuts, it's not done great in VFX, even though we have money to do it good now. Um, then Yeah, you pay me 300 bucks, I'd do that shot way better than anyone. Skin and rink one. Shoot, really, Kyle, really we're firing bald. a lot of shots at Kyle. Um, Kyle, pay me. I'll take your. I'll do it for two hundred now. You got That's a thirty percent discount. <laughs> that's. Yeah, you I feel like we could. I feel like we could talk you down to like twenty five bucks. You before, for Kyle or even on the phone with him. <laughs> anything for Kebby. For the notorious K E B. For the notorious K E B. Okay, so no, what... but Kyle Edward Ball, if you're listening to this, let's get a beer. I'll buy you a beer. I think you're a great film. I do think. Like, I hope. I think this you're a great all... filmmaker too. I don't want you to think. Don't. He's just. He's trying to cover up. He didn't appreciate your movie. Like, I, I appreciated I'm number one it. Fan. I appreciated it. I just did not uh, <laughs> go on the ride. You know, but I appreciate it. You're that he wasn't going on your ride. Kyle, I'm riding whatever you give me, Kyle, baby. I'm riding. Kyle screams to me that he really wants to design theme park rides. You know, that he, he's got that Skinner vibe. Rink the ride. Skinner Rink. Wait, now we're in my zone. That. Now, That's a Patreon special. Now now we're in my zone. If we're talking theme parks, you know, you know me and if Sam loves one thing, he loves talking about Pirates of the Caribbean with me. I like the movies. The movies are great, the, you know? The ride was scary. The ride is scary. I, on I think the ride no. is sad. I think it's emotional. Have you been to it at Disneyland and Disney World? I, the one at Disney... So the, the Pirates of the Caribbean at Disney World is much worse than the one at Disneyland. They built But it. have you been to both? There was yes, a simple question. Of course. <laughs> of course I have. I'm a fucking loser. So for the viewers, you know, to get to know the show, Max is a Disney adult. I'm not he's a got, Disney like, adult. This, like, I'm not a Disney live, adult. He's got like on his wall, he's got this giant like vinyl lettering that says That's like not live, true. laugh, That's... stitch. Lilo, <laughs> he loves Lilo and Stitch. He's really excited for the live action. I think action it's really Lilo not problematic. Coming in 2024. <laughs> Uh, I really. What's not problematic? The Lilo and Stitch. What, like the to aliens or to Hawaiians? To Hawaiian, to Hawaiian culture. It's like basically like I. It's because I'm. I just produced a film that shot in Hawaii and like heard about how fucked Lilo and Stitch is in terms of like basically trying to sum up Hawaiian culture as aloha, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, uh, but I mean. That brings me with the pantheon of most cultures, besides a couple key ones. Well, they even did Aladdin, but yeah, you know, you gotta. Your culture's not a culture if Disney didn't do some fucked up shit about it, right? That like, is true. That's, how you win. that's true. We're me and you. We're waiting for them to fuck up Irish culture. They wouldn't touch it. Best we get is Banshees, and it sucks. Bad movie. Just kidding. I love Banshees. Great film. Should have won the Oscars. Not that I'm saying everything everywhere didn't deserve it. 
I actually liked it. I like Everything Everywhere. I think it's a good film. We should do Everything Universe. Everywhere too. We should get that call from A24. Oh, that's an easy cash in. Yeah, we get some views. We get some discourse for that puppy. We get some discourse. Um, but first, we should actually try to come up with a decent pitch. So, like, the climax of Ending. this. I think the ending just goes full fucking Stan Brackett shit. You know, we just fucking. Is that what we're going like to pitch? Walk. We're going to be like. Yeah, and then it's a. No, we, we don't pitch it like that. We say, and then the end is a psychedelic roller coaster ride through the worst horrors you could ever imagine, culminating in the death of the mother, the daughter, the of the father and the daughter, and then the mother, the last shot is the mother arrives. Boom, title card, a film by ShutterStudios.biz. I feel like the only thing we've got right now that is like a genuine- Available on the App Store. <laughs> this- <laughs> and Google Play. Do you think that the demon the demon should start talking to the dad that's like, you should really download the app and give all of your information. I'm on Shutter on the Apple App Store and Google Play Store. Don't don't <laughs> don't buy your subscription through the App Store or we lose fifteen percent. <laughs> you have to buy it on the website. <laughs> Bitcoin preferred. Yeah. It's not cast. Does what is it even called now with those Android kids? They got Google. They don't even got Google Play anymore. What is it called? Like, I do not know. Google Store. Google Store. I do not. Know. If you're an Android user in the year 2023, DM us at uh, whatever our show is called. Dot biz. I would just Tell have us. to come up with one more. In I think the only thing that we have pitched in this that is relevant in our <laughs> hour and a half of talking are that what if there were old people? What if it was during the day? And what <laughs> if there were two of them? That's And what if it switches POVs halfway? These are all my ideas, by the Not way. Not all you your give... ideas. I came up with Name... the two grandmas. I came up with two grandmas. Oh, my that God. That was a okay, good great. idea. You copy and pasted from every Marvel movie. Good for you, Yeah, that's wizard. where I got it from, Marvel movies. Where'd you get two people I from? I brought I mean... up that the other one was someone disappearing, so this one should be duplicating, you know? Okay, you watch Twin Peaks. I don't know, man. Like, good for you, fucking you. God, we're being really hostile right now. I, I just we don't like that you're giving me a hard time. No, I, no, no, no. Let's we, we keep each other in check. Yeah, let's let's be real what? here. We're we're okay, friends. Do I, do I need to deliver here? You you're you're accusing me of not delivering. You yeah, know? let's see. What's your ending? How are you gonna end this? I think um, I think what if the the dad okay we're just gonna we're just gonna go just say a word say a word say a word cops 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 oh, Marines. I hate the, okay <laughs> you always say the marines appear we haven't included jared leto yet what killed. if this oh yeah what if jared leto shows up but he's like i'm gonna buy an airbnb what if jared leto's doing a, a justin long from skinner jared from, leto's uh, in heavy barbarian jared leto's in heavy makeup as the grandma and dies uh <laughs> but um no throw me a different <laughs> word throw me a word of like an object you know like candle Okay, so like, what if the the climax of the movie is that <laughs> is that every is that uh the the man's two daughters start melting like candles, you know, like they Sucks. like that. Okay, well, what are you gonna pitch? 
You should have thrown me a better word. You should. So the dad goes in. Well, we're in the dad's world. So what's the dad's story? You know, yeah. you got to think about it from a character's perspective. Who is the dad? The, the dad, dad is a father. You want me, hey, let me finish. Okay. Let me finish. I'm, I'm not finished. I'm, I'm not finish. finished. Okay, buddy. Finish it. <laughs> wow, you're talking a lot for letting me finish. Uh, So the dad is a divorced dad. Mom stay behind the hotel like it's just like they don't even know how she's gonna get home they don't got a car it's not like you can call an uber from the wherever they're coming from so dad you drove home like just had the worst fight of his adult life and this is sort of the juxt you know and, and and just waxing here just you know shooting the shit uh this is sort of a film about three generations you know mama baby and baby's baby you know and uh so dad is gonna come in Amazing, but what is going on? I got two kids and a dead mom, and this is a whole ass thing for him. His mom's dead, his kids twice, and he's in a weird ass state, and he's gonna go crazy. And yeah, what if he just needs to start killing one of the? He's like, I have to kill one of them. He's got to Yeah, because they're going, they're going like the ring on him, or so they're going, you know, they're like jumping around and shit, and. Oh, that's great, because then you can have a great scene where they're both begging for their lives. It's a great cinematic scene of drama that the you know we can really bring to make this. It's like, oh, that scene where the dad had to kill, decide which daughter to kill, and he kills the wrong one. Uh-huh. He kills the real girl, and the skinnamarink wins. And he's We're like, going to owe Jordan no. Peele some money on this one. This is very... Why? Because Us. Wasn't that what Us did? Uh, this is fucking doppel shit. This is fucking, t- uh, what's the shit? Twin Peaks Tulpa. Like, this is famous. This is, yeah. No, it's fine. I, I like this I mean, idea the, of the easy, guy. Easy end, easy end. Mom shows up with the cops at the end. And they're like, what the? And then they walk in and the door vanishes and then cut to skin right with a new metal song underneath. Yeah, when I was having fingers and the the marines burst in they all go in a portal the roof. into a portal to hell <laughs> that's becoming our go-to uh that's that and that's, then busting bobby saves the day that's the new blue streak into the sky is portal to hell with the marines <laughs> um yeah no i let the, the dad walks in and he's got two demonic kids you know but they're like demonic and diff- they're both creepy in different ways like one's like kind of violent and like maybe like like is like eating the grandma's fingers or something and like one's like what if the other one's just going literally going bah, 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 and he's bah, like bah, bah, i don't bah, know bah. which one's real you know that's and then they're like cry- like you get just great season like they're like crying please daddy please they're scaring me they're earning me daddy and then they're like bah, bah. Uh-huh. And he's like, I don't know which one to kill. I gotta use grandma's revolver to shoot one of my daughters. Uh, how does he? F- so what did he? He wanted to get laid with his wife. Was that why? No, he wanted to save his relationship with the, his wife and the mother of his child. They go to couples retreat. Uh, they have to drop off this kid because they're just trying to say it's like couples therapy retreat. It's like a rehab for couples. Is what I'm thinking. Um, and you know, all this is covered vaguely in the opening monologue off camera. We'll be just hold on a close up of the daughter in the backseat of the car. 
they're arguing mm-hmm. and we we learn all this about them so then he drops her off we do this whole thing that we've discussed he comes back the wife's still there she's like where's mommy they both say where's mommy and one of them says mother at the same time the other one says mommy it's like whoa and then you know he comes in and as discussed the door disappears and then he's we're gonna do a great sequence where he's gotta decide which daughter is his real daughter and maybe there's something that will kill the other one but he kills the wrong daughter and he's stuck with her and then we gotta do a great uh brackage you know 2001 style like Skinnerink hallucination sequence, like in Skinnerink one, but it really ups the ante, brings the A game hallucination style effects, where it's like you don't know what's real, what's your magic. Like you feel like you're tripping in the theater or watching it on Shutter app on your Apple TV, and then you're gonna come out of it, and we have one more scene before a great button of the mom arriving with like the cops, and like there's no one there, there's no one there. The bomb arrives with the cops. What if and the daughter? No what if both daughters or one of the daughters start like vocalizing things that his wife might have been saying to him while he was trying to save the marriage? You know, like it's like they become voice. Like it's like the devil's like causing them to say like his greatest fears about like what he was just going through in the hotel room. Yeah, if you do, like, the skinnering version of that that's, like, you know, very, like, the opposite of telegraphed where it's, like, so hard to even know what, like, you wouldn't know it watching the film in the theater. You would only know it, like, on YouTube or something. But, like, you get that vibe that it's, like, it's his worst fears. It's the skinnering demon, like, sucking his soul dry. Also, we gotta bring in the skinnering song. Why didn't they bring in the song? Isn't this like a classic nursery rhyme? Skinnering-ky-rinky-rink, skinnering do. I love you. I think that's a song. I think that is. I think I read online that 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 they didn't have the rights to that song because it's copyrighted. So for Skinnering Two, we got the money. We bring the money. And we get that song. And what if there's a scary dance number where it's the two daughters, the dead grandma and the dad all dance. And it's really scary. The dad's watching himself dance in the dance number. And it's so Because there's duplicates. So when you pitch duplicates, it's cool. But when I pitch it, I'm stealing from Marvel. That was no. It's not. It's duplicates are part of this. But when you say du- you're like I pitch duplicates, and that's your sole contribution to this. Uh, it's like oh okay, okay. Jordan Peele's us great. Like 2018 called. They want their movies back. God, I'm getting roasted tonight. Um, I'm trying to help you. I'm trying to push you to be a better screenwriter. You got to keep up with me because I don't want Catherine or whatever her name is is to to like me more. Kristen. Or to like you more. Kristen. 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 Yeah. I'm working on it. I'm trying to be a better person. So the so they, they watch it dance number. Uh, <laughs> it feels like a lot of this pitch is going to be us being like, you're going to have to watch some YouTube videos to understand. What... <laughs> Good news. You got to watch some YouTube. Like kids love YouTube. Um, what if we like turn it on its head? What if we like try to comment on what's going on and like the dad starts like watching YouTube videos to try to figure out what's going on? What if the dad starts watching like porn up and he starts jerking off? 
I'm going to let the silence of that joke be <laughs> deafening. <laughs> you didn't really let it be that deafening. You started talking. Um, and, and why is he, why does he watch Pornhub? I don't know. It's funny. Dad's jerking off is like the scariest thing. Like think about your dad jerking off. Like, is that not the scariest thing ever? It's like, how often do you eat your dad jerks? Do you eat your dad jerks off daily? That's terrifying. I think, I think your dad's like, if my dad jerks off, that's so like our dad's, if our he dad's jerks, probably jerk off at least, at least every couple of weeks. But my dad's, well, every couple of weeks is not that often. I mean, I feel me like, as a young man, I'm certainly jerking off quite a few times a week, uh, if not every day, uh, you know, give or take. But uh, father, my father lives with his wife, my mother, and uh, please cut this out. Do you ever think about like what your last <laughs> bust will be? My last bust, my last bust. Like how close huh. do you think it'll be to your death? I feel like your, I think it'll your be day will weeks. coincide with your death. I think you're, you're gonna. <laughs> you think that's how long I think go? you're gonna go busting. I'll use my last blood cell to to go to the dick, give it a little bit of a little less flaccid. I could see, I could see you like. I think that'd be sick. Having a heart attack. <laughs> have you ever thought? Have you ever heard about like in 127 hours? It's all basically exactly what happened in real life except the danny boyle's like oh he would totally jerk off to videos of the woman he took at the beginning of the film and it's like what yeah they I added the guy <laughs> the guy who did it like actually happened to was like i didn't i didn't do that that's he added that <laughs> like oh it's it, so it's like a interpretation of your work it's like i mean no it's really accurate except for that one part yeah <laughs> what a horny little bastard uh i bet you know what i bet it was i bet that that guy told Told Danny Boy was like, ah, you know what, man, I did this. And Danny was like, oh, we got to use that. <laughs> and he's like, wait, no, 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 wait. And then he's like trying to damage controls. Like, dude, it's too late. We all know you were bust into your DV camp footage of a lady swimming. It's true. It's true. Kate Mara, you know. Was that who it was? That's who it was. Wow. Yeah, one of her first big parts. I think that movie's really good. I think it's a really solid film. Um, I remember liking it. It's been a while. I was a child. Back in the old days when we uh, would have done a podcast where we talked about busting every episode. Oh, wait. We still do that. Um, who's the audience for this? <laughs> I'll never know. People who bust, which is everyone except for asexuals who we respect. That's true. That's true. There's probably non-asexuals that don't bust. Oh yeah, if you the non-busters, they can't bust. The non-busters, you know, that's that's gonna that's Sony's next sequel to the Ghostbusters. <laughs> the non-busters. We got a couple minutes left to hone this pitch. What what else do we what else do we think we need? Oh, I think we should review. Or I guess we'll just do it. I don't know. Oh, uh, the end is the mom coming in, right? That's pretty good. The end is the mom coming in, and um. You really think this is one of our best ones? I haven't listened to the other ones. I mean, I'm not mad at you. I feel like I'm sounding mad. I just, like, I, I, I don't think I'm a good judge of our other output because I only do it when I'm, you know, drinking and smoking or whatever I'm doing when I'm recording. This. I think, Some of them I'm sober. I think we need Many to, of them I'm sober. I think we need to end this with, like, a big old, like, as long as we stick the landing on this pitch with, like, a oh, really good and, okay, yeah, you got something? Well, I do think we got to, at one point, we do see the kids from Skin Marine 1. 
we see we see some lore from Skinnerig One, and we're like, oh, it's all connected, and we're sort of setting up. We're sort of setting up an interconnected skin of verse. What if we set it up? Like, what if it's, like, horrifying? Like, I think when the dad comes in is when it eventually gets gory. Like, what if the two daughter, the two versions of the daughter, like, he kills the wrong daughter. The other daughter kills him. It's the first time in skin it ever gets gory. We set up this whole thing where, like, the house, like, is clearly, like, splattered in blood. It's awful. And the mom... Let me finish. Keep going, keep going. Keep going. The mom comes in. We've set up like she's going to be walking into this bloodbath. And when she walks into the house, it's just fully clean and there's no one there. And that's the end of the movie. She walks that's into good. an empty house, you know? And all she sees is there's like a picture on the wall, maybe like shining style, where like she sees the dad with two daughters and two grandmas, but also like maybe the kids from Skin and Marink are like in the background of that image. Like it's a YouTube thing where it's like, oh, like they live in this other world. Yeah, I don't like that as much, but idea you just gave me, like what if like it, uh, like what if like she has like a SWAT team, like they like barge through the wall with one of those like barrier things, but it's like where the door used to be and yeah. they burst through the door. I like that, like, okay, yeah, yeah. It's in that fun. It's like a funny subversion, or not subversion. It's like a. It's the logical conclusion of this idea. It's like okay, yeah, the doors are gone, but they can get through. They just mm-hmm. burst through the drywall. And it's just fully. Uh, it's an empty house. Yeah. Oh, and the only. I think we bring in. Yeah. We bring in the kids, but I don't think it's for the final button. It's like for a brief flash because most of our audience isn't even gonna get it because you gotta remember most of the audience hasn't even seen Skin Marine One. True. That's true. Well, Kristen's downstairs. Should we pull her up? Pitch this. Is movie? she Italian too, or is this like a new accent? Are we doing like? What What do you mean accent? I mean, she's gonna. I mean, she's what are How she really speaks? I think um, what I know about Kristen Dolan is she is quoted in the Hollywood Reporter saying, "It's a privilege to join a company with a long legacy of engaging audiences with excellent storytelling and world class brands." What does that tell you about how her voice would sound? Cause she walking through the door and hi Kristen, we're so excited to pitch to you. Da, I am Kristen. Ah, uh, what is up? Ah, wah wah Hey Kristen, that's uh, that's that's that classic Kristen Dolan wit we love to hear. Um, Kristen, I've never met you. I don't know nothing much, but I love your energy. Oh, thank you. Uh, da. I brought my friend. Oh, wait, this is Italian voice. Uh, da, da, I brought my friend. <laughs> so <Boy>. different. <laughs> okay. I don't think, can we, da. I think we got to reset the scene. I don't, I can't, I think we got to figure out how we're doing this because I, I, I'm going to keep turning Italian. Our pitch is so good. It's one of our best. Uh, da, okay, out. boys, I want to hear what you have to pitch. Well, Kristen. How does the film start? This was the most successful film that Shutter has ever had. And Skinnerink 2 is going to double those profits. Skinnerink 2, we're going to take everything everybody loved about Skinnerink 1, but we're going to open it up to a wider eye. We're going to make this a film for the broader horror community while still maintaining what makes Skinnerink 1 so unique, right? You following so far? I love it. Okay, so... Skin Marink 1, or Skin Marink 2, I mean, the sequel to Skin Marink 1, per se. It opens on a close-up shot of our hero, Della, 
our 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 little girl, the the star of the show. We're gonna cast one of those great child actors that hasn't acted in much stuff at all. She's got that like thousand yard stare kind of deal. It's just her in the backseat of a car. It's got that classic skin and rink look. You know, it's like shot on like some sort of degraded DV tape with some film grain layered on top. And off screen, we hear her parents arguing, and we pick up that they're on their way to a couple's therapy retreat, and they're gonna drop her off with her grandma. So we see her get dropped off with her grandma to the old folks' home, and it's pretty clear that grandma's not quite there. And dad, who, you know, is grandma's son, he's like kind of noticing that grandma's not quite there, but he's got to get going. You know, wife's on the horn honking out there, and he's like, I got to get going. I got to go take care of little Della. I'll, I'll, we'll be back in two days. And so he goes. Well, it's going to get pretty fucked up from here so basically grandma's house been skin rinked it's got one of these skin rake demons there's multiple maybe or they're all connected basically uh and uh you know grandma's gonna basically gonna be two grandmas we're gonna do some classic skin rink stuff you know a little bit higher budget a little bit better lighting but keep maintaining that lo-fi aesthetic you know and we're gonna leave kyle edward ball up to him to sort of figure out these visuals but we're it's real scary we're shit. not gonna present this it's not like a big classic horror movie moment when there's two grandmas. It's just kind of presented matter-of-factly in that Skinamarink style, you know? Yeah, very, like, mumblecore, lo-fi. Like, it's just like, oh, shit, here they are. And basically, you know, her adventures wandering the old folks' home and dealing with grandma being weird. You know, it starts out with just, like, I think it just starts off with Slice of Life's her grandma being weird stuff, like senile grandma. She's saying weird shit. But we build up ultimately towards a scene of two grandmas and little girl being stuck with two grandmas and talking to them and they're relaying some really dark shit. And I think one of them is even speaking with the voice from Skidmerink 1, the voice of the demon where it's like, cut your hands, cut off your hands. And then uh, just as that crescendos, just as that gets to its scariest part, we cut away and we cut to dad. This is the midpoint of the film. And dad's driving back. He's he's just gotten a call, and he's like he's calling his boss, and he's like, "Listen, I'm gonna have to take a day off work. I just got a really distressed call from my daughter. I know, I know. I'll we'll take care of it." And mom's not in the car. Ah, that's very creepy. That sounds like going. I, the lack of details worked before. I think it will work again. Keep going. Lack of details. That's the name of the game, baby. Uh, ma'am. Excuse me. Uh, so then what happens next is basically he gets to the hotel. He knocks it. And, you know, the, the, the video style is getting a little bit more found footage. Or, like, sort of, just, you know, like docu-style. You know, it's not it's not full skin and rape. We're going to pull a barbarian. Another successful reason or film. Gonna, we're barbarian the we're shit out of this shit. Barbarian. Eh? What kind of barbarian? I like a style. Are you making fun of my accent? No, no, uh, no, absolutely no. not. The dad's no. going to walk Man. in. He's going to look around. Grandma's dead. His mom's dead. He's going to be very emotional about this. And now he's going to have two daughters. The two daughters, one's going to be really creepy in a certain way. She's going to be like munching on dead grandma's fingers. The other one's going to just be going like, bop, 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 like she won't like talk normal. He's got to decide the whole crux of the second part, mostly told through the same kind of weird footage as before. Um, he's got to decide which of his daughters is real. 
And before he even gets to think of that, he steps to the door, he sees all this, and the door gets skinnamarinked. It disappears, it's replaced with drywall. There's no door out. He's stuck in the skinnamarink old folks home with his two daughters and dead mom. This, and this is a very good setup. Then what happens? Well, then it is just a roller coaster ride through the world of Skinnamarink as Father's mind descends into insanity. He has to figure out which of his daughters is real. His mom might come back to life, and he's got to sort of figure out is that real? Is he insane? His wife's gone, and all of his worst fears are being sort of brought out of these people in the subtlest of ways, in that we can't quite understand what's being said, but we know that. His anxieties of his marriage, of his father, all of it's coming out. And ultimately what he has to do is kill the fake daughter. Kill the daughter that is not his real daughter to save his real daughter. But, in true Skinnamarink fashion, he kills the wrong one. And the Skinnamarink demon has replaced his daughter now. And the other and daughter, mother. the wrong daughter, yeah. And then the wrong daughter, the one he should have killed, kills him. And then... The mom is coming now. We were like, you're going to kind of have that feeling you have sometimes in movies where you're like, oh my God, are they going to do a whole other section right now? No. She's going to come with the police busting because, you know, the doors have been shut off. You know, how do you get into that house? We're going to answer a Skinnamarink question. The the feds come busting through the wall, through the drywall. Drywall. Boom. And the house Bang. is completely clean. It's completely set up perfect. There's been no murders in this house. Just everyone's disappeared. No answer. But maybe, but maybe the last shot, what if mom's like, what the fuck? And then the little, the little uh, telephone comes out going. Don't know. I, I have a lot of questions. In true skinnering fashion, ma'am. You know, I was about to ask those questions, but you're right. I think I'm going to go on YouTube and search some YouTube video essays about what really happened in your pitch, and that will probably make it good enough, you know? And so here's the thing is we can get into vertical mark, vertical profit margins and, and whatnot, as they say in the business, ma'am, is that we'll make those video essays for you. And then you'll get the income from the views and the income from the movie. You you create all of that, and then we'll create. Are you saying other that more things. people watch things on YouTube every day than the streaming service Shutter? Ma'am, I can neither confirm nor deny. All I know is that I'm a friend of Zelensky, and I love it. Thank you so much, boys. You did it again. This was a great pitch. I'm so proud of you. My voice is definitely not getting Italian right now. Mamma Mia Pizzeria. I'm going and, uh, I'm going to leave you to it. Here's your check for $250. Fuck Putin. Schooled. Okay. Well, um, how do you think we did? I don't know, man. I got to be real. The replacing beer with vodka thing kind of was pretty pretty drunk right now. Um, this is great. It's really people love. I'm sure on their morning commute to work right now or something, people are like, "I want to hear this drunk guy." <laughs> <laughs> well, you're editing it, so it'll be okay. They won't know. They won't know. Uh, 
No, I actually thought that was fun. I think I like the thing. You know, I like I like pitching a movie on it's cool skin marine where it's like you know it's going to be mostly visuals and less plot based. Where it's like, okay, so that gives us the time to just sort of pitch a story that is on the broader beats, which is maybe what we should be chasing more moving forward. Just given our time frame, maybe the execs will like it if we give them more broader strokes than the beat for beat stuff. I I agree. Um, having said that, like, I think the way my brain just tends to work is like more classical, like the protagonist wants this, what, what are they facing, you know? So this was a hard movie to break, but, um, I think there were some decent ideas in there. It's funny. Yeah. It makes me want to yeah. give a lot of credit to the notorious KED. B. KEB? B. Kyle Edward Ball. To the notorious KEB because uh, and you know why he's got that name because he's got some big balls because he gotta have some big balls to make a movie like Skin Ring One big balls for big busts um, and let's hope he's got two more balls for Skin Ring Two yeah so we want to bring him back um, I, four balls I think um, yeah I think we had some cool ideas here I think this that uh, good ideas yeah I think I'd watch Skin Ring Two yeah well. Obviously, people listening to this, you might think our ideas are shit. You might think they're good. We'd love to hear your thoughts. We'd love to keep hearing, thoughts. like, to keep uh, growing this, growing the community. You know, we want to talk with other screenwriters, like, hear their ideas. You know, every one of these is just a branching off point for how other writers would tackle this stuff. So please, if uh, you want to get on this show, if you want to drink some beers on Zoom and get on the show and tell us your ideas for a sequel. We're taking, we're take, we're we're open. We're open. Well, we won't. We're poly. Can't promise you. We're poly. We're, we're poly as shit. We're as so writing poly partners. for podcasts. Like, we're three way M M M M M F F M F F M M M M. Yeah, you know all that. We do it all ways. You know, I, we'd love for you to like, subscribe, comment, leave a review. Please say, it. give it five stars, and say uh, these guys are idiots, but I love it. So we're just riffing. Follow, just riffing. follow us on the socials. You know, we're on Twitter for as long as that exists. We're on Instagram. Are we still on Twitter? Or do we gotta set those up? I guess you know when this is published, we will. And um, yeah, thank you for listening. And uh, please tell a friend. Please hit us up. Lots of love. This All is on Instagram at Storm and Gorman. Yeah, Max you can find Instagram our is... individual ones. And um, for now, uh, we are the podcast too. Thank you for listening to podcast two. The sequel. We are the podcast two. Podcast the, two. Podcast two. Se- say it together with me. Cool. The sequel.